Hello and welcome to Screen Babble, your guide to what to watch. You'll be tuning into hours and hours of TV so we can tell you what you need to be switching on and what's to be avoided. I'm your host, Kelly Crichton, and as ever, Stephen Ross is here, our resident TV critic. Sadly, Benji's not here today. He's not feeling great. So get well soon, Benji. We will miss you this week. Hopefully you'll be back for next week and the week after shenanigans. Remember, if you want to see our faces, you can head over to Freeview Channel 276 Shots, which is brought to you by a network of journalists across the country who are transforming stories at the heart of your community into great TV. You'll find true crime stories, football news and analysis, plus coverage of lifestyle, TV, film and much more. If you haven't tuned in before, each week we'll be chatting about what we're watching as well as looking more closely at a new programme or something making the headlines in the deep dive. This week I'll be telling you about the new series of Vigil. It's already available, at least the first two episodes, so you can knock your socks off with that one straight away. Finally, we go back to the future to tell you about a programme you may have missed when it first aired or streamed. This week Stephen's going to tell us about Yonderland. But first... We like to talk about what everybody's been up to and what we've been watching. You were on holiday, Stephen, so I mean, have you done loads of TV watching or what were you up to? Well, I I was on holiday, but then also, um, well, holidays in annual leave, but not much of a holiday. I went to to York for a couple of days, which was nice. You're doing that thing that most journalists do where they're like forced to take loads of days off in December because they haven't taken their annual leave all year and at the same time do loads of Christmas copy so that there's content over the Christmas period. It's kind of challenging. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's a weird sort of juggling act. So you were in York? You were in York? Yeah, we went, went to York uh, for a, a couple of days with my partner. We went to um, all the museums and English heritage sites. Oh, I, I had a good time. A step away from the box for a few days. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. And then uh, outside of that, working away from my backlog of DVDs while I'm waiting for the... Uh, Wi-Fi box to be installed. Oh, bless. So, yeah. Stephen's living in some challenging um, internet environment uh, or lack of internet environment the last few weeks hence this different backdrop at the moment yeah. um, and you had some good news as well do you want to share it with your listeners yeah um, I am now a senior journalist having passed my media law exam so oh, well done now my commentary on TV and film can actually be it's accredited and it's official it's not just the ravings of Someone with too much time on the house. <laughs> and you're going to get a massive pay rise too, yeah? Massive, yeah. Well. <laughs> Checks in the post. <laughs> yeah, oh, well done. Congratulations. That's wonderful. Great way to finish off the year, isn't it? So uh, fair play. Okay, well, uh, yes, we had our Christmas What to Watch last week, which I hope everybody's getting nicely warmed up with that. A few of those things are actually available now, so do check them out. I actually sat down and watched home alone on Saturday with my kids it was their first time watching it so that was quite quite nice I, th- I felt like I we put up the Christmas decorations made hot chocolate with mince pies all that I was like this is peak Christmas like this is going to be the nicest part of Christmas and everything is downhill from here <laughs> but anyway it was still enjoyable so anyway back to what we've been watching tell me what have you managed to watch what what old DVDs have you been checking out well no it's, it's been it's been a bit Christmassy again actually but I um I got a screener from Sky for an upcoming well alternative Christmas film I'm not actually hugely keen on the mainstream ones anymore. Yeah, we noticed that from your recommendations. Yeah. Well, the, the new traditional Christmas films are all a bit semi now, aren't they? So yeah. I watched Silent Night, which stars the... Silent Night? or so, What was the one last week? 
The Knife Before Christmas, okay. The Knife Before Christmas was on last okay, week. It's... This time it was Silent Night, directed by John Woo and starring Joel Kinnaman from, you know, Robocop. Okay. The sort of oh, yeah. 2014 version of the Suicide Squad he played with the flag. Uh, okay. It's about his son has been killed by a sort of botched gangland, gangland hit mm. uh, on Christmas Eve. And he's been shot through the throat and taken to the emergency room. His son dies, but he survives. And he comes out of it and spends the next year getting in shape and learning how to, you know, use a knife and uh, how to montage, cue montage of twelve months of training, training montage. And then he goes on his sort of John Wick, nobody style revenge mission Mm. on the following Christmas Eve. It's sort of good, mindless action, fun, like nobody and like John Wick, mm. but I think it spends the first sort of 40, 45 minutes on the very surface level of emotional turmoil of the character that you really don't need in a film of that genre. Okay. You're not looking for, for that. You just want to see him start yeah. killing the bad guys, right? But it gets until about halfway through the film before that actually really gets going. Um, but when it does get going, it's, it's pretty good, yeah. but it's very surface level. It's not... It's nothing breathtaking. It's just a sort of, you know, you can watch a Christmas film without having to sit through the sort of Elf and Fred Claus style yeah. movies that yeah. out there. Um, and I also watched um, another alternative Christmas film, this one from slightly earlier, Black Christmas from 1974. Oh. Now, I thought it would be a black exploitation film because of the title and the fact that it was from the 70s. Mm. I have this habit of picking movies based on titles and screen and like movie posters um it, it wasn't a black exploitation film it was a sort of early slasher very much like the first friday the 13th film mm. it's a typical almost comedy slasher where you have a sorority house a female oh, sorority God. house yeah. by this killer that keeps calling up on the phone with a bad face mask or whatever yeah it's, it's fairly highly acclaimed for a slasher Again, I didn't think it was amazing. What is the Christmas link? It's at Christmas that's happening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's at Christmas. The opening credits are played over a still of a house with Christmas lights and holly and things like that and a Christmas okay. tree. And throughout the film, you see like wreaths and stockings. But that's, that's, about it. that's the sort of token link to Christmas. Mm. Worst time of year to be killed in a slash by a yeah. slasher maniac, right? Filmically, it was pretty terrible, but it was really fun. It's sort okay. of like, um, well, just like those classic B movies that they they pumped out in the. Where did you come across across that? It want to have it. It would want to have some endearing qualities for it to have survived thus long yeah, in the psyche. I'm, yeah, I'm really not sure. Like, I it it's genuinely more well known. Like. Than I expected it to be. I sort of came across it. It's on. It was on. Um, I rented it from Amazon. I was sort of looking for alternate Christmas films, and that popped up. And I thought, oh, seventies horror <laughs> flick, sort of right in my alley. So yeah. I gave it a watch. But it does seem to have sort of like on the rating websites, it's got like thousands of ratings, and you just wouldn't expect it to. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, if, if you're looking for again mindless alternative Christmas viewing, those mm. are two quite specific. Okay. Tell us the names of both of them again. Silent Night and Black Christmas. Silent Night, which will be coming sometime on Sky, I'm not sure yeah. when. And Black Christmas, which you can rent from Amazon Prime or um, Apple TV. It's also available to rent 
from a channel called Shout, which you can get for a free trial of through. Oh, you came across that somewhere yeah. recently as well. That's interesting. You mentioned that now. It's funny how these little yeah. uh, streamer companies are kind of other ones, smaller ones are coming online as well. Okay, uh, Stephen, tell us before we move along. Do you like Christmas? Do you do you like Christmas? Yeah, yeah, I do. I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I know. I know you would imagine that I, I wouldn't, but I, I, am quite, I also watched the Muppets Christmas Carol this week, but I didn't really fit mine. Theme. Oh, um, nice. Yeah. As I say, we squeezed in Home Alone 2 and Nativity, yes. which is my favorite kids' oh, Christmas film. So, I love that. So I went to a friend's house to watch Black Christmas and the Muppets Christmas Carol. That was our double bill. Originally, it was going to be the Muppets Christmas Carol and Nativity. And I said, yeah. I will just come after Nativity because, as you know, <laughs> we discussed this actually last year. You hate so, it. I know, because you're like small kids doing X Factor yeah, style stuff. Out, yeah. Oh yeah, no, it's so funny. It still makes me laugh. Like every time I watch it, I laugh because obviously there's a year gap. But I think it's probably one of the films I've watched the most in my life because it just cracks me up. This week I'll watch Danger in the Manger. The oh yeah, sequel, <laughs> and you can watch Black Christmas, and we can compare notes. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I love it. Okay, I'll try and convince my husband to watch Black Christmas over the weekend. Okay, fair enough because I'm not a big um, horror person either. So, all right. Um, well, yes, I, I've been watching lots of different things um, the past couple of weeks. I started a uh, drama on Netflix called A Nearly Normal Family. Have you heard about this? Mm. Yeah. So kind of Scandi crime subtitled uh it's about a girl who gets raped and a couple of years later she is arrested for the murder of another man and her father is a some sort of religious person i don't know like a he's not a vicar but i don't know he's he's or he's a vicar or a priest something like that um and her mother is a lawyer and they they all have sort of a different approach to what's happening with her. You know, the mother is being protective, but also trying to kind of get her off, as it were. And the father is devastated, but also trying to figure out what's happened. He doesn't believe his daughter's done this thing. He's trying to sort of figure out who might have done it. The guy that's been murdered is quite a high profile, well-to-do guy, you know, so there's a lot of coverage in the media about it, etc., but yeah, so far so good. I'm only like three episodes in, but it's definitely intriguing and a little bit different for a sort of um, rape story, if you want to call it that. And then I finished Three Little Birds, which I thoroughly enjoyed, which was Lenny Henry's, Russell T Davies collaboration on uh, the Windrush Generation kind of story. Semi-autobiographical from Lenny Henry's family, as far as I know. And yeah, it was just a nice story. I think there's probably going to be another series potentially because it just seemed like a, like a snippet in time and there was a bit of a cliffhanger at the end of the last episode. So that was good and really enjoyed like the music in that and the style and it was really nicely put together and there's sort of visual effects in some parts of it as well, which worked really well and it was different. I really liked it, I have to say. Persevering with both story, which honestly I could sort of like take or leave. I'm like one, one, you know, I kind of watching it and I enjoy bits of it. And then other bits I'm like, oh, come on. You know, I feel like it's too long, probably. Mm. I don't know what the reviews for it have been. I think quite positive, actually. But there's quirky elements again to it that I like, but I feel like it's way too long, way too long. And then at the weekend I watched Leave the World Behind, which is... A new film on Netflix from, it stars Julia Roberts and 
Ethan Hawke and Kevin Bacon, although Kevin Bacon is in it very briefly. And essentially, it's the story of a family who are decide to go on a rent. They live in New York, they decide to go on a random couple of days away to Long Island. And they're in this holiday house and suddenly the Internet goes down and power starts going out and things like that. And then there's a knock at the door. Turns out to be the people who own the house. And basically, we spend the next two and a half hours trying to figure out what is going wrong. There's some sort of end of world scenario happening. They've got two kids. The people who own the house, it's a dad and daughter. Julia Roberts' character comes off as quite brutal slash racist in her reception of the dad and daughter who own the house and but they've come there because everything's going wrong in the city and they just kind of say can we stay for for the night we don't know what's going on and anyway it kind of goes from there it's a catastrophe slash you know existential crisis type movie which to be honest with you I think I was only ready for now after COVID but what's interesting about it is it's like there is lots of action in it but, you know, like planes falling out the sky and that kind of thing. But it's more nuanced than that. It's more about people's sort of how they respond to the end of the world and how they treat other people and how they look after other people or not. And sort of what our relationships mean. So I actually really enjoyed it. It's kind of, I, I had a quick look online. It's kind of divided critics, I think, a little bit, but I enjoyed it. I think it's one of those ones where the ending maybe isn't perfect and people get annoyed because they don't find out everything at the end. But look, that's up to you. It's up to you. If it if they don't tell you, it's up to you. So, so yeah, I recommend that's on Netflix available now. Okay, we're going to go to a little break now on chats and we will be back after the break with chat about Vigil on the deep dive and Stephen is going to tell us all about Yonderland. See you in a minute. Okay, so you're probably sick of listening to me talk. I'm doing so much talking today, but I'm you know, I'm here for it. I hope all the listeners are too, considering Benji's not here today. So uh, first up this week, we're talking about Vigil. Now, I don't know. Did you watch the first series of this, Stephen? I have a feeling you probably didn't. No, I, I, I claustrophobic. I, the idea of being stuck in a submarine. Yes, was, indeed. Uh, I did actually watch Das Boo recently. But oh, no, oh well, similar, <laughs> similar theme there. So yes, you're right. It was based on a submarine the first series and there was once there was one scene that sticks in my head actually where she where our sort of main protagonist played by Saran Jones she's detector chief inspector Amy Silva she was in like a I don't know like a torpedo whatever the the little vessel that the yeah. the, the, the pipe the tor- torpedoes go in I mean you think it's claustrophobic on a submarine like that was and she gets locked in there it's like oh my god it's like a living coffin or whatever but um anyway surprise surprise she actually got out of that so we have a series too but I'll just uh, to jog people's memories it's a British police procedural six part that aired on BBC One in August 2021 I am always surprised when you realise how long ago the first the last yeah. series of something was like years during ago by yeah so I'm sure we were having lots of existential crises back then as well but yes so much of the action takes place on a fictional ballistic missile submarine of the Royal Navy kind of received fairly positively I think because of mm-hmm. mainly the, the sort of it was pacing was quite good you know well, Saran Jones is very very good isn't she yeah yeah you can nearly she'd nearly carry a whole series anyway to be honest with you but um, there was a little bit of criticism of the dialogue and the plot and some sort of you know technical inaccuracies and stuff and actually we're having watched the first episode of the new series some of the 
dialogue is a bit wooden. It really is. But anyway, you can kind of overlook that if there's enough action going on and intrigue or whatever, you know. So yes, she was sent to this submarine because there was a death on board and then there's a disappearance of this Scottish fishing trawler. She starts her investigations and she's got her colleagues on the mainland who are doing that as well. Uh, One of whom happens to be her sort of lost love type character who's played by Rose Leslie Rose Leslie Rose Leslie yes who was in Game of Thrones and The Good Fight and yeah all those things anyway as I say fairly positive response to the first one although I did note Swedish newspaper Afton Blade said the series was effective in the beginning but more and more became like an unnecessary underwater version of Line of Duty (laughs) um harsh but anyway in March 22 Vigil was renewed for a second series and uh, the first episode came out on Sunday night Monday night Monday night so in this season Silva emerges as a specialist at uncovering wrongdoing in our compromised armed forces and there's a really drawn out quite good opening sequence which takes place on like a military training ground somewhere in Scotland and we have Air Vice Marshal Marcus Granger played by Dougray Scott in a, a very, a very wooden five minutes <laughs> is overseeing a demonstration drill in which four remotely piloted drones destroy an empty hut for the benefit of dignitaries from a fictional oil-rich Middle East dictatorship, Woodyan. When an unknown person takes control of one of the drones and fires live rounds at people, DCI Silva has a murder case to solve. But the Air Vice Marshal, a smooth talker who can quickly bear his teeth, is more concerned about the future of the £1 billion partnership between Woody N and the UK. And yes, all hell breaks loose. Meanwhile, in the personal life of the two detectives, they have got together and Rose's character is pregnant. So she's kind of protective of her and worried something's going to happen to her on this case. And yeah, it's all a bit nail biting and random things are exploding and somebody's out to get them, you know. So, um, yeah, so I've enjoyed it so far. First two episodes aired this week on Monday and Tuesday, so you can get them on iPlayer now and you can get the other four to six episodes four to six will be available from next Sunday the 17th and if you haven't watched Vigil season one that's all available on iPlayer now as well so there you go have I convinced you well I can probably skip season one I think because of how there's a totally different setting and plot isn't there I think I could probably avoid the horrible submarine stuff the only thing about it is you kind of see the relationship develop between yeah. the two um, female characters. But other than that, yeah, I think everybody else is dead for the first one. <laughs> yeah. So, but look, it's, I think it's one of these ones where Seren Jones is great. It's, it's busy. It's got a great pace and therefore you'll forgive a lot of the bits and bobs in it. Yeah. So it's definitely worth, um, it's definitely worth a watch. So yeah, there you go. Okay, Stephen, tell us, you have been watching Yonderland for Back to the Future this week. Yes, yes, fantastic stuff. It's very hard to understand why it's not a very popular, well-known show. I'd not heard of it until I sort of started watching it. I've been watching it with my partner. It's like one the one show that we actually will only watch together. Oh. Because <laughs> we're like, like one person to go ahead. And it's this like Monty Python style comedy from the Horrible Histories guys. So oh, yeah. Martha Howe Douglas, Matthew Burnton, who my partner really likes, Lawrence Rickard, Simon Farnaby, Jim Howick, 
then Wilbund, and then Dan Skinner from, you know, Shooting Stars. Mm. You have Martha Howe plays Debbie Maddox, who is this sort of normal human person who is married to Dan Skinner's character. Mm. And they live this sort of normal nine-to-five life. She's looking after the kids and sort of getting quite frustrated with the daily grind as, I guess, like a housewife. And then is... She discovers a portal to another world called Yonderland, Handy. which is this weird fantasy elves and evil yeah. dog kind of And world. am I right in saying she is, she is like, they see her as a saviour of some sort? Yeah, so yeah they, I, I did actually see some of this when it was on, funnily enough, but go on. So the, the opening credits sort of say, it was also told of a saviour, and this is okay. Debbie, who is... <laughs> Going to free them. Who's just like a regular woman, like nothing yeah. special about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but she's like held up the, as this the, savior. <laughs> the elders in Yonderland are complete halfwits. So she oh, yeah. and sort of says, Oh, why don't we just. She, she has to sort of save a society that keeps firing all of their intelligent citizens into the sun. She says, Well, <laughs> if you stop firing them into the sun, you'll be able to develop as a society. They don't really get it. And yeah, she's very good at diffusing fairly simple situations. But then she also comes across an Agatha's played by Simon Farnaby, who is a bumbling, evil villain, and Imperatrix, who is this supreme evil sort of Nagatis's boss, I guess. So that there's a bit of mortal peril there, but it's so clearly inspired by Monty Python, so that uh-huh. the the guys, the horrible history guys, also made the film Bill in 2015 about mm. William Shakespeare historical comedy, and that film was inspired by the Holy Grail because they wanted to sort of see how to make a historical film on a low budget. And this series, when you watch it, it's got so much of that stupid Monty Python humour, yeah, yeah, and it's very hard to tell me, my girlfriend, talking about it, whether it's made for an audience of like children or of adults or of like who it's made for because it physically looks they have like puppets and characters it looks like it's made for for kids but then some of the humor in it is just Mm -hmm. very funny and very silly but also very clever and quite adult in some ways and it's probably my favorite comedy series that I've seen in the last five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, that, I, think it was one of those things with me. I just happened across it and it would take a lot for me to sort of stick around on a, on a comedy thing, especially if it's got puppets. I'd be like, Ugh. Yeah. I actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. And, and it's also like the production value is pretty good. The puppets are like pretty good puppets for this mm-hmm. like stupid, I think it was on Sky originally, comedy series. It's, yeah, they, they clearly put their all into it and it, it ran for three seasons. We've not actually finished it yet because we're trying to like ease it out because we know that once we've finished it, that's sort of it. Um, but Stephen Did Fry, you watch um, Horrible Histories? When Have you watched I that? Didn't, I didn't. My partner didn't really like it. I didn't probably because I'm a bit of a history buff and it would have frustrated me a little yes. bit. Yes. Um, <laughs> okay. I've seen obviously the Dick, Dick Turpin song and the... Charles II song and things like that, um, yep. which I appreciate. But well, yeah, if you Stephen choose to have Farrell, kids someday, I'm sure that's all in your future, so don't worry about it too much. 
But yeah, Stephen Fry uh, has a role in the third series, which is a nice, nice little appearance. He's one Mostly, of the senior guys, isn't he? Yeah, he's like a new, new elder on the block, but potentially there's more to him than, than meets the eye. Yeah. Yes, Dick. yeah, he's a bad Probably guy, Dick. isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Did you hear about poor Stephen Fry that he fell off the stage and broke his pelvis in his... I yeah, like not. months it's ago. Yeah, months ago, but it just came out this week. He broke his pelvis and he broke like a couple of other bones. The poor man has been like completely laid up, so... Get well soon, Stephen Fry. He's probably watching Yonderland from his hospital. Probably. He's probably watching Screen Babble. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So Yonderland, where is it available, Stephen? Tell me. So this, this is the heartbreaking thing. The first season, I don't know where you can find it. Oh. There's a DVD online that's selling for £102. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but we unfortunately just have to sort of find out what had happened in the first season and then dive oh. into season two. Season two and three are available to buy on okay. Amazon Prime and Apple TV. I, don't I wonder if there's a reason that there it's not available, like if there was some too close to the bone jokes or something. I don't, I don't think there was anything controversial about it. Right. I just think... I don't know. I don't think it's on Sky, to my knowledge. Mm. Um, well, if any of the listeners out there come across it and can tell us where to get it, let us know yeah. and we'll put it in the show notes. I'm sure if you really try hard, you'll be able to find it online somewhere. But yeah. the, okay. as far as I know, it's not on any of the main streaming sites. The second seasons are on Amazon, Apple TV to, to rent or buy. And there's a season on Sky as well. Cool. And there's also a Christmas special, which I'm excited to watch. Oh, okay. Very good. Okay, that was Yonderland. We have two more episodes to go before the year is out. Next week, we're going to be talking about our favourite shows of 2023. So you'll hear probably about some things we did talk about this year. Maybe some stuff we didn't talk about, depending on how much people want to share. (laughs) And the week after, we're going to have our look forward to 2024, which is also exciting. So this was our last sort of regular podcast for this year thank you for joining us and do look out for Friday morning screen babble if you have any suggestions for what TV we need to get into our lives drop us a line via our social media we'd love for you to rate, view and subscribe to the podcast so we can reach as many TV lovers as possible we'll be back again next week with more screen babble cheers bye bye bye